Scouting Indiana, it's a Locked On crossover edition between Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Zach Seiko. Let's jump right into the crossover between Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome in, everybody, to a special crossover edition of a Locked On show today. I'm Jacob Rude, host of Locked on Hoosiers. Joining me is Zach over at Locked on Nittany Lions. Obviously, football game coming up this weekend between the two sides. One of the occasions where uh, the two locked on hosts can get together and kind of preview uh, these uh, two opponents in a special crossover show. Uh, Zach, it's been a a fun year. It's looked like from afar for Penn State this season. Uh, How the Nittany Lions doing this year? I think the Nittany Lions are doing better than expectations. Uh, It's kind of a funny uh, dichotomy over here in Happy Valley because you have the fans that are like, well, they can't beat Michigan. They can't beat Ohio State. So bench the quarterback, fire the head coach. Uh, But that same group of people also said this is a rebuilding year. They're going to go seven and five at best, maybe eight and four. And at, at one point in time, they were at least in the discussion of maybe if they could push through, maybe get a win over a Michigan, Ohio state, they could be in the top 10, maybe even be in the college football playoff. Okay. That conversation's put to bed. That's not how good this team is, but they are a top 15 team. And I I think they perform very well at this point games that nobody was really giving them half as much of a chance, whether it was Purdue, uh, whether it was Auburn, they won those games decisively right uh michigan and ohio and they played ohio state very tough all the way to the end so uh things are going well if you had the uh, glass half full type of thing because i at the beginning of the year i said 10 and 2 and as of right now they have four winnable games on the schedule sorry (laughs) um it's very it's very winnable yeah we're here. That's why we're here to discuss this. So, uh, but they got four games where they can win out and honestly, realistically finish in the top 10 at the end of the regular season. And I think that is a huge boost of momentum uh, with the recruiting classes they picked up. So from my perspective, maybe not everybody else's, but my perspective, I think things are going really well for the Nittany Lions. Yeah, it's been a wild uh, season of some, some fun games just by kind of happenstance. I've watched Penn State a number of times watch them in that Purdue game uh, to kind of kick off the season, uh, tuned into the Auburn game. And then last week was – it was fun as a neutral fan. I don't know how much fun you were having during that one against Ohio State. Um, Sean Clifford is is kind of been of a a fascinating person uh, to watch play quarterback. It's been – he's been there forever, obviously. And you you kind of mentioned that uh, fans have – had a quick trigger at times with him what's his season been like for Penn State this year up until Ohio State it was at least for me a step into the right direction for him personally maybe um and it's kind of live by the sword die by the sword because when Sean Clifford has performed well Penn State has won these games decisively when he's been shaky or not as good they've 
loss. Um, I mean, and that kind of goes hand in hand. Most teams aren't good enough to record, uh, recover from a very bad quarterback game. And uh, I think that just kind of goes across the board for everybody. Maybe if CJ Stroud or a JJ McCarthy has a, a quote unquote bad outing by their standards, uh, that would be the case. Uh, that wouldn't be the case necessarily. But for, for Sean Clifford, um, he was uh, his biggest thing is not only turnovers, but when they happen. Um, they, they seem to be at the, uh, the most important part of the game or the most consequential part of the game. And for the most part, he was avoiding that. I guess that's because he wasn't facing as good of defenses. We're finding out. I thought his game against Purdue was one of the best he'll ever have in his career. He was responsible yeah. for all five touchdowns, but he's the type of quarterback that's just not going to be able to do that more often than not. That's a, a special kind of game. And that's against a neutral opponent where Penn state has an even matchup. Uh, if he did that against Ohio state, Penn state wins that game because, or at least take away two turnovers, but they weren't all his fault. Uh, Sean Clifford is, this is his ceiling. He's a smart quarterback. I, I think he has a future in the NFL as a clipboard carrier. That's just my opinion because he knows the game so well. He understands it um, and he studies it very well. But uh, he's he's a good athlete, a solid athlete, but not somebody that's going to necessarily put you over the top. He's your classic game manager. Uh, and when Penn State really needs bailed out, other than Purdue, uh, he's mostly been doing that. So uh, Sean Clifford is, I, I, he's at this point in time right now at this conversation, Jacob, he is the best quarterback for Penn state. He's better than an 18 year old true freshman, Drew Aller, Christian Bay air, wh whoever you want to throw in the depth chart right now, next season, the year after Drew's going to take a huge step forward. So, uh, and if Sean Clifford was still here for a couple more years and Penn state fans would probably lose their minds over that um, idea. So I don't know how much I want to speak out loud about it, but just hypothetically uh, Drew would be able to jump him after being a, in a year or two in, in college football here. Cause that's the difference. It's the learning gap right now for someone who's a true freshman. That's why he's not starting. Yeah. True freshman, always a, there is a gap there, especially as a, a quarterback at a, a big 10 school like Penn state. There's, you have to be really dang good to be uh, to be playing big minutes as a true freshman. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of the focus goes on Clifford. He's not the only one doing things offensively. Who have been some of the kind of key contributors, the guys helping him out offensively this year? Uh, the whole reason that the offense is so much better than it was a, a year ago is because of two more true freshmen, and they're Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton. Those two running backs have allowed Penn State to uh, add a more balance on offense. When you have a running game, it opens up the passing game. It makes the offensive line look better. It allows the wide receivers to get more open. It has taken pressure off of Sean Clifford to try to, try to do too much uh, in these types of situations. So those two guys as true freshmen have made a heck of a difference for Penn State's offense. Um, they have a solid balance uh, across the board when it comes to the pass catchers. It's not just Jahan Dotson and everybody else uh, where Jahan Dotson's getting 15 to 20 targets a game practically. You finally have a balance where Parker Washington might step up like he did against the Ohio State in the Ohio State game. You might have a Mitchell Tinsley who might lead the team in receiving. The tight ends are starting to get involved a little more across the board. It was mostly Brenton Strange. And now you have Theo Johnson, you have Tyler Warren who are factoring into the game plan because they're all good. They're all like evenly talented. So any of them can break out in a game at one point in time. You can't just say it's Brenton Strange and then maybe those backups. No, those guys could all start if you ask them to. Um, so 
in the passing game, it's nice to have that balance, but Penn State definitely misses that true number one target because up until Ohio State, it wasn't like Parker Washington was doing what everyone expected him to do. Uh, coming off the Outback Bowl from the uh, season ago, everyone said, okay, Parker Washington's the guy, right? He's going to be the new Jahan Dotson. And until Ohio State, he wasn't, uh, if that makes sense. Yeah. Last thing kind of question I had for you is uh, if, team defense stats are always kind of weird to look at, but uh, you can look at turnovers created basically um, Penn state right up there with uh, near the top of the big 10. Has that been a big key to this defense? What's kind of driven this defense this season? Uh, Manny Diaz coming in and being uh, Mr. Blitz happy, engage eight on Madden, uh, and, and it works for the most part. I mean, people will say, oh, well, Manny Diaz, you know, he ruined that game. And it's like, no, that's his defensive philosophy. It worked for the uh, the first three and a half quarters of the game. It just didn't happen to work in that sequence uh, when you pointed it out. But look at all the other plays when Manny Diaz drew up the blitzes because it was it was frustrating the heck out of Ohio State. Like they were confused. Uh, they were struggling to get a game plan going. It wasn't until that nine-minute mark in the fourth quarter that uh, everything broke loose. The floodgates opened up, and the Buckeyes were able to do what they did. Um, so Manny Diaz's defense is that blitz-happy, blitz-oriented type of thing. A lot of man-to-man. Penn State has been able to do what it does because the secondary is top five in the country. It's it's one of the best. Um Joey Porter Jr., Kalen King, uh, Jair Brown are so good in man-to-man coverage and just coverage in general. Uh, They will be good players at the next level, all three of them. Uh, But that's why Manny Diaz is able to send six, seven guys because those guys, you can put them on an island and and they lock down their guy most of the time. Everyone's going to give up a pass or two here and there. But uh, that's why Manny Diaz is able to uh, run the defense that he can because he has guys on the back end that do so well defensively in the passing game. Well, that's all the questions I had from the IU side. We're going to take a break here in a second. Or here in a second, yeah. And then uh, Zach will ask me some questions about the Hoosiers this season as we continue previewing this game. Today's episode is sponsored by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security but have been putting it off, you'll want to listen up. Right now, Locked On Nittany Lion listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year, and you don't want to miss out. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report, a third year in a row. In an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify that a threat is real so you can get the priority police response. And that 24 7 professional monitoring service costs less than just $1 a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. Don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
It is a Locked On crossover between Locked On Hoosiers and Locked On Nittany Lions. I am Zach Seiko with Jacob Rude. Jacob, uh, the Indiana Hoosiers are coming into this game, and I appreciate uh, your time asking me all the uh, the tough-hitting questions there in the first segment. Uh, for the second segment, uh, put the Indiana under the microscope. And the Hoosiers are one of the uh, lower-end teams in the Big Ten this year uh, before, we, we, before we jumped on, on the show. Uh, we were talking about how it's already basketball season for Indiana and they got a pretty good team. Uh, I know that just from seeing the recruiting classes they put together and returning some of their key veterans. Uh, but for the football team, uh, Tom Allen's the head coach. He's taken over uh, play calling duties. Just some of the things I've gathered. I want to start with the quarterback because it seemed like Connor Bazelik was going to be the starter for the entirety of the season. Uh, Jack Tuttle's in the transfer portal, even though he's still a captain and he's on the team. Uh, and then Tom Allen comes out and says, well, we are evaluating all our options at quarterback. Uh, I know Dexter Williams, the second is a dual threat that people like in Indiana's camp. So what, what do you make of that entire situation and who do you expect to play a lot on Saturday? Yeah, that news came pretty much out of nowhere on Monday. Right. Um, there wasn't really any indication going into the bye week. Are you coming out of a bye week that the quarterback position was up in the air and then just kind of Tom Allen kind of alluded to it and then was straight up asked who's going to be the quarterback. And he said, you'll find out on Saturday. Um, yeah, it's Indiana's offense is a mess right now. And a very large chunk of that boils down to having a really bad offensive line. Um, it's a unit that underperformed last season. Um, Tom Allen kind of cleaned house in a lot of ways with coaches leaving, uh, coordinators fired. Uh, there was a lot of players that transferred away. Just kind of the nature of going two and 10, uh, is a lot of things change. He didn't change the offensive line coach kind of controversially, uh, but then does so in season. Um, after the Michigan game, which IU looked awful. And that's kind of been the, the underlying issue is that um, Bazak has at times has looked really good. But as the game tends to wear on, um, opposing teams kind of figure out that IU's offensive line can't really block. And they start sending more and more pressure. And it's led to second halves and fourth quarters where IU's getting – um, there against Nebraska, I believe IU had negative yards in the fourth quarter. Um, and it's led to Connor Basak having to run for his life at times and just throw the ball away. And it just hasn't led to a very, an offense that's ever really in rhythm, uh, which is why I thought it was surprising that they said they're going to change quarterback. Um, yeah. And as you said, I use current backup technically is Jack Tuttle, who a couple of weeks ago announced yeah. he was entering the transfer portal, still on the team, still on the sideline every game. He's a captain of the the team. Uh, he's taking his COVID year and entering the portal to go elsewhere. But the guy behind him, Dexter Williams, has never taken a college snap. So you ask what to expect from him. I have, a, I have no idea. I mean, you said about as much as Indiana fans know, he's a dual threat quarterback that, uh, had a lot of promise coming in. There was a lot of excitement about him uh, during fall camp. It sounded like he performed really well, but um, 
he he hasn't taken a snap. So like the, there isn't really anything known about him. I can't imagine many tougher situations than um, facing Penn State as your first ever college football snap <laughs> in the middle of a season, even if it is out of a bye week. So um, I was surprised the quarterback position seemed up in the air. I don't think changing the quarterback is going to change a whole lot, but uh, there could be something in the works. Um, Bazelak came here as a transfer, and I don't think he's really been the problem this season, but there is some logic to putting a, a mobile quarterback behind a line that can't block to run for his life, I guess, in some ways. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what to expect from the quarterback position this week because it was really entirely unexpected that the position was up in the air. Yeah, that I thought I know that from just hearing uh, Don Fisher's well respected around mm -hmm. Indiana, uh, and he actually came on to one of our local radio shows this week uh, and just said, you know, hey, Bazelak is uh, he's tough as nails. Uh, he's a really good quarterback. Uh, he it surprised him too that there was uh, an open competition at this point in the season when uh, Bazelak has been been limited but he's performed well under the circumstances i would say so unless there's something about dexter williams we don't know about and we're going to find out about uh, on saturday it'll be breaking news it sounds like to to both of us uh indiana goes very fast and that was part of the coordinator yeah. changes tom allen wanted to go uh super fast and they got an oc that does just that and i think indiana averages 18 seconds in between plays when the national average is 26 is that something that you think has helped Indiana? It's held them back. Is it going to uh, be a side? It be a thorn in the side for Penn State's defense on Saturday. It's been a double-edged sword for Indiana this year. When IU's been at its best, it's because that has worked. They line up. They uh, get a group of players on the field that they like. They get the defense in a situation or formation that they like, and they just go, go, go. And they don't sub anybody out and they just line up and keep going and line up and keep going. Uh, mm -hmm. And it, it tends to catch defenses kind of on their heels and IU will go down and score. The problem is IU just hasn't really been able to generate any kind of rhythm doing that this season. Um, it'll be in starts and stops and, and sputters and uh, all over the place. Even in the games IU was winning, uh, the second half against Illinois, they had 74 yards total before going on a 75-yard game-winning drive. They trailed Idaho at halftime because their offense was awful. Uh, they needed a miracle to beat Western Kentucky, including a missed field goal and a blocked field goal. Um, so even when I use winning, their offense has kind of been this start and stop, sometimes good, sometimes bad type of offense. Um I think the most detrimental thing, though, is when it isn't working, when you're running 18 seconds be between plays, um, there's a lot of situations where the defense has this long drive that they give up a, a touchdown or they've just been on the field for a while. You put the offense out there and it's three straight incomplete passes, 15 seconds ran off the game clock, and the defense has to go right back out there. And it's worn down the defense. Um as much of a problem as IU's offense has been late in games, the defense just often looks exhausted by the end of games because IU doesn't 
care about the time of possession stat. Like they have not come close to winning it at any point this season. So um, when I use at their best, it's largely because their offense is able to, to get into a situation that they like and take advantage of it. But when I use at its worst, it's because their offense is moving too fast. It feels like, and, you would, you just kind of want to yell at them, slow down. Like, let's just try to get into a rhythm here and eat up some clock. And that hasn't been the case. It's Tom Allen's always kind of liked more of a um, faster offense, but he really went to the extreme side with this one. And um, I use going to move really, really quick on Saturday. Whether it's going to be effective or not will remain up in the air, but they're going to move really fast. Yeah, I'm not expecting anything less. Uh, there is also the part that they're missing their top wide receiver. I know that he was just camper. It is uh, was just Cam confirmed. Camper, to, yep. Yeah, just to, he was confirmed to be out for the season. I want to flip it over to the defense because you mentioned they're they're tired. They're worn down. Indiana's offense isn't helping them out by sustaining drives at the very least uh, in the case. So, you know, yeah, time of possession, but um if you have a quick three and out Penn state's defense is going to be on the field for all of 45 seconds or or even fewer in that case, this team is really thought that they were going to have a a top notch secondary and and be really good on the back end of the defense, kind of similar to Penn state. They were banking on uh, having a quality secondary Penn state does Indiana's has fell short of expectations why is that the case with all the guys that they brought back and the talent that they thought that they had? Why is it not working out? Yeah, it's been um, an adventure defensively. Tom Allen, as you mentioned earlier, took over play calling duties. Um, there was a change at defensive coordinator, hired a new one, but Tom Allen basically said, I'm calling the plays. Um, his reasoning was that he felt that the defense wasn't performing well enough and the buck stops with him. So he wanted to kind of take over that. There was a lot of high expectations, even in the Illinois game. I thought the defense played really well. Uh, It's been downhill from there. When it comes to the secondary, it's hard to really put a finger on what's went wrong because they do have a lot of talent. And I thought it was going to be one of the best secondaries in the conference this season. They've been far from it. Um, If you got, if any, Penn State fans saw the Cincinnati game. Uh, IU's secondary got absolutely torched in uh, that first half. At times, it's been a scheme thing with IU loading up to stop the run in some matchups, including that Cincinnati one, and kind of trusting guys in the secondary not to get burned. And that didn't <laughs> that didn't work at all. Um, so, and then at times, it just kind of been underperforming. There's been some head scratching mistakes. Uh, there's been some frustrating plays. Taiwan Mullins, a big name back there. He was an all American a couple seasons ago last year, lost the season to most of the season to a foot injury came back this year. Um, I don't think he's played bad, but, um, he's about the only person in that unit that hasn't struggled. Um, it's just been a a whole unit that's really underperformed. They didn't really lose anybody uh, from last season. Tywin Mullen and Jalen Williams were two of the top three cornerbacks. Um, They returned their safety. They had to put a a new player into the the Husky position, which is kind of this hybrid linebacker safety position Tom Allen uses. 
but he was a cornerback in Noah Pierre that played a lot last season. So there's a lot of experience with that group. They've just wholly un- underperformed. And um, I-, I wish I had an explanation for it. It's been really frustrating as IU fans because, as you said, this defense had a, a fair amount of talent um, that – they just haven't really lived up to what the expectations and potential were. So it's been a frustrating season on that end because there were a lot of questions about the offense, a lot of new faces, but you had this idea that at least the defense will be able to be this kind of balancing steady force that just hasn't been there for most of the season. It is a locked on crossover with myself, Zach Sako of locked on Nittany Lions and Jacob Rude of locked on Hoosiers throw it back over to Jacob as we get into our final segment talking about the key matchups the keys to the game for both Penn State and Indiana today's episode is sponsored by Sweatblock. this is an actual customer review Mike who is a Vegas resort concierge was sweating through a suit coat on the job in less than an hour not anymore thanks to Sweatblock. Mike was able to fix his problem with Sweatblock. Sweatblock wipes are a must-have for everybody's toiletry bag Whether it's a big presentation or a hot date, everyone can benefit. If you or someone you love is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor, try Sweatblock. Save 20% with promo code LOCKEDON at sweatblock.com, also available at Amazon. So uh, one of the keys, I think, for the Hoosiers, if they're going to come away with an upset, uh, good news, Penn State fans, Michael Penix is not going to be on the field he's up in washington now i had to mention that i wasn't going to go the whole show especially as you're about to destroy us um without mentioning without mentioning uh, michael Penix. uh but the one of the big problems the hoosiers have had this season as i mentioned is the offensive line so i think one of the keys to the game for indiana is going to be blocking offensively uh, is this Penn State defense one that has kind of gotten to the quarterback much this season? Yeah, I would say it is. Uh, just be, and it's just the style of the defense. Yeah. Now, the here's the thing: the D. I've been a little critical of the Penn State defensive line because when it's just rushing four, they're not getting as home as often as you'd like. Now, that's particularly against Ohio State and Michigan, who have some of the best uh, offensive lines in all of college football, but. Auburn is about, even though Parson just got fired uh, and I did a crossover with locked on Auburn. And so I I know what situation they're in, but uh, that is still a top, I would say top 25 offensive line, if I'm being honest. And and Penn state did really well that day. So uh, with the type of defense that Manny Diaz has uh, in the way that they blitz, I think it will confuse, especially if you put an inexperienced quarterback uh, in the, in the backfield there. Yeah, and this seems like a Penn State defense and scheme that is specifically designed to take advantage of um, Indiana's weakness with no matter how many guys they keep in, they have just struggled to block at all. So uh, I venture uh, to guess that this is going to be a good day for the Penn State defensive line. Uh, What are you looking at for uh, one of your biggest keys of the game for Penn State? Uh, this, by definition, is a trap game. Uh, just yeah. kind of when you think when you think it over a little bit, Penn State. Penn State always talks about, oh, they can't adjust after the big mid mid season loss, and then everyone at first thought it was Michigan. 
well, it wasn't Michigan. It's typically the Ohio State game because Penn State is up here when it comes to intensity, emotion, and everything else. And then you come back down way below earth, and you got to go on the road to an Indiana team that this, this game's boring for Penn State. This game's boring for its fans. This game's boring for his team. It's more of a business trip. There's nothing uh, enticing about it. It's just like, we got to go in there. We got to travel. We got to get a win. So my matchup is Penn State versus Penn State. Uh, If they can overcome looking back in the rearview mirror saying, man, what could have been against Ohio State? Have we made this play or done this or whatever? And then you have a look ahead spot as well. This is a sandwich game. This is a sandwich game because you have Ohio State, Indiana in the middle, and then you have Maryland. This team is comprised of a bunch of players from D.C., Maryland, and Virginia, the DMV. James Franklin is probably still bitter about the fact that he never got that head coaching job at Maryland. I think he wants to be at Penn State. I don't think he'd ever leave Penn State to go to Maryland for an example. I don't I don't think he'll leave Penn State, period, for another job. He's kind of proven that at this point. Uh, but, you know, that's personal to him. The only reason he ended up at Vanderbilt is because they wouldn't have Ralph Fringen retire when they promised him the head coaching job, and he never got it. So that's personal for him. Uh, and Maryland's actually really good this year. They, they should be seven and two when Maryland and Penn state meet next weekend. Uh, and that'll be a high profile game. And that's really kind of the next turning point of the season for Penn state. Uh, so this is a look ahead spot, but also uh, like, man, we shouldn't have uh, lost that game the way we did. So if Penn state is able to focus and not be distracted, uh, they should win this game. No problem. But the situation that it is, we've seen James Franklin teams, I think four or five times now where they've been in the situation after an Ohio state loss where they just don't recover and it lingers for a couple of weeks. It's going to be interesting to, to that point. I use going to have had two weeks to prepare for this game uh, with it being a bye week Traditionally, I use been pretty good under Tom Allen coming out of these bye weeks. Uh, they haven't really had to play anyone like Penn State, and they certainly haven't been as down as they uh, have been this season with um, just the how much the offense has struggled and whatnot. So uh, a fascinating game that I am excited to watch, um, at least for the first quarter until things get out of hand. Yeah. And then I might flip on a, an IU basketball scrimmage or something to, to rewatch that. As you said, it's, it's basketball season here. We are – uh, fully engulfed into that one uh zach thanks a ton for for coming on and for doing this crossover these are always a lot of fun to to really get insight into uh teams and, and take advantage of this locked on network absolutely enjoyed the conversation i hope the game's competitive but obviously you you know as much as i do who we both want to win uh and <laughs> Totally. kind of. I guess I filed away in my brain because I don't like thinking about it, that uh, 2020 season uh, where, where Penix <laughs> uh, got the uh, got the goal line there with the nose of the football. Uh, I don't think he did, but the referees say so. And that 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 was that game for Penn State, even though it was earlier in the season. That was that game that they just really never recovered from after the fact. So <laughs> hopefully it's a it's a revenge game for Franklin in this group. But they, uh, Jacob, it was great. Great talking to you. If it makes you feel any better, uh, everything has been downhill since that season. So oh. we we got that season, and we have paid for it ever since. So I would do it again, but, boy, this has been rough. But looking forward to the game on uh, Saturday. Best of luck, and uh, go Hoosiers. Thanks for checking out this edition of Locked on Nittany Lions with myself and Jacob Rude. 
I'll be back tomorrow to give a full game preview of Penn State versus Indiana. Remember, you can find Locked on Nittany Lines wherever you get your podcasts and also now on YouTube for those who want to watch the show. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany Lions. Thanks for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with the local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.